In the writing world, there's a common phrase, show, don't tell. This is especially common when it comes to novel writing and story writing, but I would argue for songwriting, we should actually show before we tell. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and today we are diving in in this episode 117 into talking about show before you tell in your song. Before diving in, I just wanted to point out that I mentioned in last week's episode that I would be having some YouTube videos coming out where I would actually show you what the um, documents we talked about last week look like in action, and and I would sort of show you what my idea sheet looks like. And, and in the video, I ended up actually creating a brainstorm sheet and allow you to sort of watch that process. Uh, the idea sheet one should be out as of this episode. The other ones will be coming out shortly after. So be looking for that if you are interested in that. Um, but today we are talking about showing before we tell in our song. Reason number one why we want to do this is that showing is simply more powerful than telling. The simple way to think through this concept is if you think about a love story. So let's say you love someone, right? You care for somebody. Maybe maybe you don't realize you love them at first. But when you show them that you love them via your actions over the course of three months, six months, a year, then when you say the words, I love you, finally, there's this massive release of tension, right? Because it's been shown, but it hasn't actually been said yet. So it feels unconfirmed. It seems obvious, but it hasn't been said yet. So, the, so there's this, this, this tension. And in the moment that it's finally said, it has tons of meaning and gravitas to it, right? Because it didn't come out of nowhere. There's context because it was shown over the course of three or six months or a year or however long it was, right? So it's not anticlimactic when somebody finally says, I love you, right? Like, oh, well, that was obvious. You showed me for the past year so. I don't care, whatever, right? Like that's not usually how that, that's not how that moment's going to feel because the words I love you bear the weight of everything that came before it, right? So for example, let's say, let's use pounds, for instance, for weight, right? Because we're talking about how weighty the words are. If it has a thousand pounds worth of weight because of how much you've shown love beforehand, the phrase I love you then packs a thousand pound punch along with, say, the words themselves are worth one pound. Let's just say. Now, the words, instead of just being worth the one pound that the words I love you by themselves are worth, now it's worth a thousand and one pounds because the added weight of you having shown that for a while is added to those words so that when they are said, they are so powerful. On the other side, though, 
if, for example, you don't really show somebody love and maybe you don't really even talk to them much at all, but you're dumb enough to put in, say, a letter or Valentine, I love you, now you're labeled a creep and there's no weight to those words at all, right? Except maybe the one pound, but that one pound is what makes you creepy instead of, you know, being this beautiful moment because there's no weight to it. There's no showing beforehand. It's just empty. It's just like, here's a word or three words in this case. And it doesn't have the weight of all that came before it because nothing came before it, right? It wasn't shown and showing is more important than telling. Telling is also important though, but usually you want to show before you tell, because if you say, I love you, and then you show it, that, then the words I love you don't retroactively get the weight of showing after, right? It still was a weird thing to say. And if you then spend six months showing it, now it's like, oh, well, yeah, I guess you do love me, right? It doesn't retroactively make, oh, it was so powerful. It was a powerful moment when he finally told me he loved me, right? That's probably not what she's thinking at all, right? She's thinking, well, well I, I guess he did love me, right? That's very different. The weight is not added backwards. It's got to go in order. And the same thing is true with our songs, which leads us to point number two, which is that context adds meaning, right? The context of having shown love, context is what came before. You can't, like context coming after is not always going to work. Yes, there's different ways to do that, especially in movies and some storytelling. But generally speaking, you want the context to come first. Context is, is what came before to add meaning to what's happening now. So context adds meaning. We've talked about symbolism before. And part of what makes symbolism so profound and such a useful tool in the context of a song is a song usually only has two to 300 words, which isn't very many. And then if you think about the common phrase, a picture is worth a thousand words, and then you think, okay, what is symbolism? Well, symbolism effectively is using a few words to draw a picture and pictures are worth a thousand words. So your five words just became worth a thousand words because you use your five words to paint a picture that's worth a thousand words. So now to go back to that weight example, right? If you first show and you maybe use symbolism or you just show love or you show a person's character first, that context will add meaning to what happens, right? It's sort of like, the effect of saying somebody died. Here, let me tell you their story. The somebody died part doesn't have any impact because you haven't given me a reason to care about that person yet, right? If the beginning of the movie is, here's this person dying, let me show you why you should care, then the dying scene isn't going to be the powerful scene, right? Because that was at the beginning. There was no context yet. But if you build a character over 10 seasons and then you kill them off, now all of a sudden the death is a, a, a powerful scene, right? Because it has the context, right? Which is also why... Um, for those of you who have been listeners for a while, you've probably seen some of my philosophies and, and ideas about art in general, and I'm a big fan, as you probably know, if you've been a longtime listener or watcher, um, that to me anyway, I, I think it's really important to take other arts into consideration as they can inspire our art. And we also can learn things from different types of art, right? Yes, we're not writing a novel, but there's certain aspects of writing a novel that we could infuse into our songwriting to become better. Same with art and movies and other things. Um, but TV shows generally 
in my opinion, are much, much better way to tell stories, especially character driven stories, because an hour and a half movie or a two and a half hour movie is not very long to develop a character compared to 10 seasons of a show, right? 10 seasons of a show might be like hundreds of hours of character development that we get, which is a lot more than three or two. Um, so that's sort of the same thing we're doing when we're, we front load our song or our lines with here's a symbol, here's some background, here's some context, let me show you something before then I eventually tell. So show before you tell. Point number three, showing creates intrigue and tension when we don't know the context. I think a great example of this is some of the modern day trailers. If you think about some of the modern day trailers, the best at doing this is Star Wars, um, which is sad because none of them have lived up to it. But let's ignore that. We'll accept the Mandalorian. Mandalorian's great. But movies. Um, if you think about all those trailers, right, they do a good job of showing you little bits and pieces, right? Like Force Awakens. There was that one image of Kylo Ren. You just see him from the back and he ignites his lightsaber and you're like, ooh, that's a cool lightsaber. And it just invites all these questions and creates intrigue, right? Who is that? What does he or she want? Um, who is that person about to fight? Why does that lightsaber have a crossblade? We've never seen that before. Why does that lightsaber look very unstable compared to the other lightsabers we've seen? Right? There's all these questions that you ask. And if you're confused right now and you're not into Star Wars, doesn't matter. The point is when you get a trailer that doesn't tell you the story or doesn't tell you anything, right? It just gives you little clips, right? It shows you Iron Man looking sad. You don't know why yet, though. And it shows Thor looking up like, oh, what the heck is that? You're thinking, what the heck is that? Right? Because you don't know. And it creates intrigue. So when you show and you haven't told yet, or you, sh or you are intentional about the things you show, and making sure that you don't show the whole picture right away. You're showing little bits and pieces, and then you tell in the sense that you are telling the answer to the questions that they're asking based on what you've shown them. Now, it becomes much more powerful. Or, in the case of most of the Star Wars movies, very disappointing because it looked awesome and all of the answers that you came up with are better than what the professional writing team came up with because, because they thought it was a good idea to hire people who seemingly don't know about Star Wars when it comes to some things. But let's not go there. Anyway, I hope this was helpful to you. I know this was a little bit more philosophical, not getting into the weeds too much. But the whole point of this was to think about the importance of sometimes showing before we tell, right? Whether that be, if you're, you know, you have a four line phrase, maybe try to put the symbol at the front, right? So for example, if it's, let's get practical for a second, because I like these philosophical episodes, but I want to make it practical too. So let's say, for example, you have four lines 
If you do something like talk about an empty rocking chair in the first line, that adds this tension of like, oh, what's the story behind that? It adds the intrigue, right? So that when the answer comes, it bears the weight of like that empty rocking chair. That's kind of a tragic image, right? But if you say, oh, grandpa died, and then you, you talk about the empty rocking chair, it's kind of just like, well, I already knew that, right? There's, there's no tension because now you already knew the truth. You were told grandpa died or, you know, whoever died. And now the empty rocking chair just feels redundant, right? Like, yep, that makes sense because he's not around. Meanwhile, if you open with the empty rocking chair image, now you're like, who's dead? Is it death? What does that mean? Is it about the loss of childhood innocence? Because, you know, rocking chair is where you rock a bit, right? There's so many different directions that can go. So you've created intrigue and you've given this interesting image that probably compels somebody to imagine an empty rocking chair. So it's very evocative. And then you eventually tell which has the weight of the image that you gave to start. And that's a very simple example, right? But that is basically at the heart of what we're talking about here. So consider in your songs, especially if you have like a four line phrase and you have a symbol at the end, consider putting that symbol at the beginning. A way I've seen it be put is that color trickles down, right? If you put color at the top of a canvas, it goes down because of gravity. And in the same way, there's sort of a gravity within our lyrics where what we do at the beginning adds context to what comes after it. So I hope this was helpful to you. If it was, and you haven't already, be sure to pick up my free guide on 10 different ways to start writing a song. It should jumpstart your creativity, whether you are just now starting to learn about songwriting and you want to write your first song, which I know some of you are, it should jumpstart you in that way. Or if you're somebody who just wants to kind of get out of the box they've been in, I know the very common songwriter box uh, that sometimes I poke fun at is, you know, the 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 quintessential you sit with a guitar, you come up with a chord progression, and then you sort of hum a tune over it, and then that's how you write your song, right? The problem with that is that sometimes it starts to feel a little samey, and then, you know, if you write that way, often your bass lines won't be that interesting, which maybe isn't a problem, but you generally it's very helpful to write in different ways. For example, I love being able to write three songs on the piano and then go write three songs on the guitar and then I get the bass out and come up with a bass line or I use my keyboard to come up with a bass line and then re-record it with the bass. All of those things will inspire you differently because different sounds inspire you differently. Sometimes it's helpful to actually start with lyrics first or themes first instead of starting with music first. Sometimes it's helpful to start with music first. So in that guide, I give you five ways to start with music and five different ways to start from the lyrical side of things. So you can either A, find other ways to start writing a song that caters to your strength, right? So maybe you're somebody who's a lyricist first. There's five ways to start with lyrics. Or on the other side, something I recommend you do, try both. So if you're very much a person, which most are because most of us are musicians first and poets second is usually how it goes, right? Like you are a musician that then learns poetry in order to write lyrics is usually the direction that it goes. That usually means that as a whole, songwriters tend to be better at the musical side than they are at the lyrical side. But if you start with lyrics, it's easier to write better lyrics. Uh, so I recommend trying both ways. You'll get different results and it can just be something that helps you grow as a songwriter. Anyway, off the soapbox, if you're interested in that, free guide. Be sure to grab it at songwritertheory.com slash 
free guide. I know, super hard to figure out who, who would have guessed. Um, uh, link will be in the description if you are on YouTube. It also should be in the description on the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this, please, on if you're on YouTube, drop a like and uh, be sure to subscribe if you want more content every single week about songwriting. I have a podcast once a week, which is what this was. And then I'm also doing edited videos where... Um, there are more options, right? Like I can screen share like some of the videos that um, I'm coming out with now. If you are a podcast listener and you haven't already, now's the time. You've been listening for a while. You think, hey, this is pretty helpful. Or you think, wow, this is really helpful. Or maybe you just think this guy's entertaining enough. So I'll listen to him, even though I don't actually write songs, which if you're that person, let me know. Email me at joseph at songwritertheory.com. I'd, I'd like to hear your story. Why, why, why are you here if you're not writing songs? But anyway, no matter who you are, if you enjoy this podcast, please help me out by um, going and leaving a review on iTunes. That is the best way that you can give back if you um, have been helped out by this podcast. That is the best way that you can help me. I appreciate all of you who have taken the time to do that. I appreciate you all for listening. The emails that you send me, all of that stuff is great, great, great stuff. I appreciate all of you. I really, really, really do. And I hope that uh, that comes through in in the content. And I hope that that's really obvious. Um, and in that, you know, as I dedicate myself more and more to video and you see the, the new backdrop, if you're on YouTube and stuff, I'm, 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 I'm dedicated to crushing it for songwriter theory this year. And I appreciate all of you as well for your patience over the past, however long you've been with me. Uh, it feels good to feel like I get better and better at, at, at what I'm doing. Uh, but I also recognize I have so much further to go as a teacher. Um, so for those of you who have exhibited patience and have said many kind words when I definitely know that by no means is this content perfect and it will never be perfect, but I'll, I'm dedicated to making it better and better and better over time. But for those of you who have stuck with me, and even though, again, I know it hasn't always been perfect, and it still isn't perfect. I don't know why I said hasn't always been perfect. As in, <laughs> now I am the most perfect. I have everything together. Um, but But seriously, I do appreciate that. I appreciate all of you. Can't say that enough, which is clear because I feel like I've said that 10 times just in the end of this episode. So we will call it here. Thank you as always. And I will talk to you next time.